Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. These are things that we value more than the Word of God. We value more than Jesus. We value more than the gospel. We value more than the kingdom. How do we know that we value it more? When you hear the Lord talking the opposite way, we give the Lord the finger. One minute, Jesus, I'm going to go do this. Even though something inside of you says, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be there. I want to follow what you say. But yet and still, we see ourselves going the opposite direction. There's an idol in place that must be torn down. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now... Here is today's message. Well, praise the Lord. Once again, we're back uh, in our series entitled Rediscovering the Kingdom. Rediscovering the Kingdom. So we're going to go right back to again to the book of Mark, Mark, the first chapter, Mark 1. And uh, today I pray that you, whoo, you got it ready. You, you're ready today. You ready today? Y'all ready? You ready? Are y'all ready? Mark, the first chapter, uh, verse number 14, 15, our root scriptures here. The Lord says here, or rather the scripture says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the what? The gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye. And believe the gospel. Let's go over to Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 33, our other our root scripture. And it says, the Lord says here, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Added unto you. Once you seek his kingdom, seek his righteousness, seek how he does things, seek how he operates, seek his righteousness, seek to live righteously within the guidelines of the king and his kingdom. The Lord says, I'll add everything to you. I'll add things to you. So we're going to make the Lord, make his kingdom, make his righteousness our top priority in life. Last week, we spoke from the subject of the kingdom within, the kingdom within. So we're going to go a little bit further today. Let's go to Matthew 11 now, Matthew 11, verse 12. And today, let's briefly talk about, at least at the start of it, let's talk about the value of the kingdom and really our mindset concerning the kingdom. We've been trying to touch on this throughout the series, but the Lord takes us a little bit deeper today. So I'm thankful that you're ready. Matthew 11, verse 12. Listen to this. I'm going to read the scripture out of the King James Version and also out of the Amplified Bible. You've heard the scripture before, but I really need you to listen to it, okay? And it says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And the violent take it by force. Listen to this out of the Amplified Bible. I love the way it brings out the flavor here. And it says this, this again, this is the, um, Matthew 11, verse 12, Amplified. And it says, 
And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought for, rather is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. I mean, the violent, those who have witnessed what the kingdom of God is, are seeking after it with a passion, seeking after his kingdom with a passion. Now, look at Matthew 13. I'm going to see if we can develop a good picture here, okay? So remember in Matthew 11, the Bible says the violent have been seizing by taking the kingdom like a precious prize. See it, and you want to lay hold to it. You don't want to let it go. The Lord talks about this also in Matthew 13. Let's look at verse 44, 45, and 46. And it says, the Lord Jesus says, again, the what? The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy there thereof goeth and does what sell how much all, all. say all. all for joy therefore goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field he buys that field he sells everything look at verse 45 again the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold what all went and sold what all that he might rather all yeah that he had and bought it he sold all that he had and bought it full investment full investment so we saw again uh, from matthew 11 the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and violence takes by force that means that people are pressing into it they see something they witness something and they're willing to give all to enter into it. Let's look on. Let's go to Matthew, the 16th chapter. I want to give you a good round picture of what's happening here. Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse 24, 25, and 26. It says this out of the New Living Translation. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Give up. You must give up your own way. Doesn't that sound like all? You must give up your own way and follow me. Verse 25. If you try to hang on to your life, you will what? You will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will you'll save it. Verse 26. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So Jesus says again, you want to follow me? Give up, your, give up everything you have. Give up your own way and follow after me. Remember, seeking the kingdom is also seeking the king of the kingdom. You see something so wonderful in Jesus 
that you're willing to let everything go to follow after him. You have been so captured by it, so captured by him, that you, you see nothing else is as valuable as he is in your life. You got me? Let's look at another one. Let's go to uh, Luke 14. Luke 14. Let's look at verse 33, 34, and 35. It says this, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all. Are you reading with me? That forsake not what? All that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dung heel, but men cast it out. Uh, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So the Lord is not only saying, I expect all from you. It is a command, but it really comes forth out of you seeing him, out of you witnessing who he is, who he is in you and who you are in him. You seeing yourself through his eyes, and you're seeing the kingdom of God, you're seeing Christ as a precious prize, something to receive like that buried treasure. You saw it, and you sold everything to get it. Like the pearl, the pearl of great price, you saw it, you sold everything you had to get it. You make a full investment. You're willing to let, to release your own way to follow after him. There's something in that, something that is valued beyond comprehension. You got me? Now, now the disciples understood this. Let's go to Luke 18. I want to take you through the scriptures today. Luke 18. Let's look at verse 28. Look at what Peter said here in Luke 18, verse 28. Peter says, then Peter said, lo, we have what? Left all and followed thee. You see this? Peter understood that. We have left all and followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left house or parents or brethren or, or wife or children, or rather for the kingdom's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. Now, let me show you one more. Paul also understood this. Let's go to Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians 3. Is anybody getting this? Philippians, the third chapter. Let's look at verse number 8. Verse 8 says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all, all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He said, I count all things lost. It goes on to say, For whom I have suffered the loss of how many things? All things, and do count them but what? Dung, that I, may that I may win Christ. He said, everything that I have is of no value to me. He is of the utmost importance and value in my life. Can you see that? So Jesus taught that. The disciples understood that. Paul understood that. The question is, 
where, where has that gone with us in the modern day church? I can't get no talk. So that's the frustrating question. Why haven't we forsaken all? Surely in the modern day church, we will really forsake some, a few, but all. We're going to look at this today. Uh, and really, we're going to have to look at what are we holding on to and why we're we still holding on to it. When those that follow Jesus um, were suffering, I mean, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence because they were taken, they saw the precious prize of the kingdom of God. They saw Jesus, they saw him, and they reckoned that he was worth it all. The disciples said we left all. Paul said we left all. But again, in the modern day church, we may live, leave some, leaving us watered down and neutered, but not many are willing to leave all. And what does that mean, we leave all? Well, it does not mean that you go and get a divorce. It does not mean that you sell all that you have, give it to the poor, everything you have, give it to the poor, and go live out in the woods somewhere. You know it does not mean that. But it does mean that our lives should not be full of one word. And this is the reason why we have not forsaken all. And this is the, that spirit that's going to have to come down. We're going to have to confront the spirit of idolatry. Say idolatry. Idolatry is the worship or extreme devotion or reverence to false gods or idols. These are things that we value more than the word of God. We value more than Jesus. We value more than the gospel. We value more than the kingdom. How do we know that we value it more? When you hear the Lord talking the opposite way, we give the Lord the finger. One minute, Jesus, I'm going to go do this. Even though something inside of you says, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be there. I want to follow what you say. But yet and still, we see ourselves going the opposite direction. There's an idol in place that must be torn down. Idolatry is the worship of reverence or, or the deep devotion, extreme devotion to false gods. False gods like pleasure, money, success, sex, people, possessions, power, and even man's approval can be an idol. And these are only just a few. The clothes in your closet can be an idol. That you risk all everything. I'm on, I know what God said, but... Idol. I hear you. I hear you. But you're not messing with my household. Idol. Mean that these things are put above the word of God, put above your life. These are the gods that you serve. Are you hearing me? Exodus says it this way. Exodus 20, verse 3 and 4. The Lord told the children of Israel here, and he's telling us in the Ten Commandments, verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
Verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath, beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Don't make any images. Don't make any idols. But I tell you, church, we must repent. Got a lot of idols. Our own thinking can be an idol. Well, we say, God, I got this. Well, we choose pleasure over the word of God. God, I got this. And we know that the Father's way is the right way. We know his way is the right way, but there's still something in us that must be dealt with. And if we do not confront the idols, then we continue to be, as the children of Israel were, and many times when they worshiped Baal and other, other, other gods, they found themselves open to demonic attack. They found themselves weak and, and powerless. They could not face their enemies with idols still in place. You got me? When the world thinks about people coming to church, some say, okay, well, that's just what they do. Some say, well, you know what, they're just wasting their time there. It is giving all their money, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're worshiping some carpenter person. Uh, they, Jesus said he was a God, but you know, he died. They killed him on the cross. He's not alive anymore. So why would you go and, and, and serve God? Why would you want to do that? They say you're foolish for doing that. And if the church remains in the state that is in, not all but some, if we remain in idolatrous or we can even say an adulterous church, then really we'll, know, we'll look no different than they do. Are you hearing? The idols must be destroyed. And if we talk about idols, we're going to have to go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the 10th, 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter. I'm going to read just a few verses here. Because this talks about the Old Testament church, or we can say the Old Testament kingdom. When, when Israel was moving about uh, in, the, in the wilderness, they, as they moved over to the promised land, you can see a, an excellent picture of the kingdom of God in the Old Testament. And as long as they were not worshiping other idols, they, I mean, nothing could stop them. No force could stop them. But the moment they began to set up other idols and let other things in, this is when they started having problems. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, listen to verses 1 through 7. And it says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual uh, drink, for they drank of, this, of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, how is this possible? They all drink, they all were baptized. They, they all drank straight from Christ. They all abided under the presence of God, the cloud that was the presence of God. 
But yet and still, God was not well pleased with them. Why is that? Look at verse number six. Now, these things were our examples uh, to the intent that, rather, to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse seven, neither be ye what? Idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, hop down to verse number 12. It says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Verse 13, There have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But with the but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Verse 14. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. So this fleeing from temptation or resisting temptation here and God making a way of escape, yes, it has to do with sin, but more particularly, it has to do with the sin of idolatry. You following after another God or another system that the Father never intended you to follow after. Idolatry is all about passion. It's all about desire. It's about you desiring the things of the world. In fact, idolatry is the worship of the world and the things that are in the world. It's beholding these things above the kingdom of God and saying, well, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, I'm going to follow over here. And that was the same thing that happened with Elijah and the children of Israel on Mount Carmel. They'd been serving Baal. The people of God had been serving Baal. Now, we, we talked about Baalism and why it was so successful in the lives of the children of Israel. Because Baal, uh, and I'm telling you, when the people served Baal, especially the men, they didn't want to miss church because Baal offered temple, temple prostitutes. You would go into worship. And you have your time with the temple prostitutes. They didn't, they didn't miss church. But also in Baal worship, they also offered their own children, their own babies up to sacrifices to Baal. He's a God of fertility, and he, he promised that he would keep their crops going and things of that nature. He promised them that he would take care of them. So they didn't, they didn't mind sacrificing the children of God, giving up their babies, sacrificing their babies to maintain their lifestyle. Innocent blood sacrifice so they could maintain their lifestyle and have more. Well, we do the same thing today. We just call it abortion. Giving up your innocent babies to maintain your lifestyle. Now, I know that's hard to hear. That's why we're going to have to repent. And so the, there's Elijah there on the Mount of Carmel with the prophets of Baal and he, there was a showdown, and he asked the people, hey, how long are y'all going to be halt between two opinions? How long are you going to remain really jumping back and forth between God and Baal? How long? When, when are you going to make a decision? How, are you, how long will you serve these idols, and you say you're serving God too? And the people could not answer one word. And then Elijah told them, as you know the account goes, he told the prophets of Baal, you guys make an altar and uh, I'll make an altar over here. And whatever God answers by fire, that's when we're going to serve. And the people said, yes, we'll do that. 
And prophets of Baal, they made themselves an altar. They cut themselves and they did all these ritualistic dances and things that they do. And nothing happened. And Elijah said, all right, come on over here, Israel. And Elijah prayed one prayer and fire fell. And then the people said, God, he is the God. God, he is the God. Then they realized, oh, my God, what have we been doing? What have we been doing? As long as they were right there on the fence, nothing was going to happen for them. They wouldn't see any manifestation. They would not see the deep things of God that they were meant to see. They would not fulfill their true purpose and potential. As long as they were on the fence, as long as they were right there playing with the devil, playing in the world system, and playing with God, they thought everything was fine, but it was not fine. They would not come into their full inheritance as long as they were doing that. It was like a cancer on the inside of them. It was like a taste that they couldn't get out of their mouth, something that they needed to be delivered from. There was a certain TV show that I used to watch where I loved the storyline. I really tell the truth about it. I loved the storyline in it. Didn't care about the, some of the stuff they had going on it, but I loved the storyline. I got involved with the characters. But then I start watching it, and a few episodes into it, I felt, mm, this is not right. This is not a good show for me to watch. This is not a good show for me to watch. And so I tried to stop watching it. I said, I'm not going to watch it anymore. I'm not going to watch it anymore. I'm not going to watch that show anymore. Some of the language is bad. I said, I'm not going to watch it anymore. But I felt that thing pulling me back, pulling me back in. Had to see what happened to so-and-so. No, this is not right with me. No, this is not right. I will not watch that. I will not watch that. But I felt it pull me back, pull me back, pull me, pull me, pull me. And I had to eventually just pray for deliverance. God, take this thing from me. And I noticed that every time I'll have a thought, the Lord dealt with me. Every time you have a thought about watching that TV show, he said, I want you to declare who you are in me. Let that be a trigger. Every time the devil would bring that thought of that show up, he said, let that be a trigger for you to declare who you are. So that thought came up, the TV show. I said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a holy, holy man of God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. So every time the devil would bring that back up, it just triggered in me another conversation of godliness and holiness. And eventually, you know what happened? It went away. It just went away. Because every time what the devil brought in my life to attack me, to derail me, was now being used to make me stronger. You got it? If the enemy gets his hooks in you, whether it's something on television, whether it's social media, whether it's food, whether it's buying clothes, whatever, if he gets his hook in you, you say you don't want to do it, but if the hook is there, if the hook is there, you see your, your balance in your check account, you see how much you owe in debt, you say this and that and the other, but if the hook is there, oh, you're going to do it unless that hook is taken away. I'm telling you, every time you get a you thought of it, you, you hear the enemy knocking at the door, and you feel like doing this thing, whether you want to cuss somebody out. No, nope, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I do not have to share with them a piece of my mind. I'm going to keep a piece of my mind, and I'm going to declare I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I do not have to be led by that. I will not go back and worship under that idol. You got me? 
Let's look at one more. First John, the second chapter, first first John, second chapter. Won't get all of this today, but I need you to see this. We must confront the idols. Say with me. I must confront the idols. Now, again, if your if your uh, idol is money, you're gonna have a hard time letting it go. Tithing, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Giving what? <laughs> God don't need my what? You out of your mind? You hearing me? It's like the young rich ruler, right? The Lord said, "You want to follow? Okay, yeah. Sell everything you you got and give it to the poor." What? It was an idol. He could not let it go. And there are some things in our lives as we're poisoned by the world system. If we don't confront it, the enemy can use that to pull you right out. Remember, Jesus told the disciples, the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. There is no pull in me. There is no hook in me. There is nothing in me that he can use to pull me out. But I bet you there are some things in us that the enemy can use to pull you out. I bet you there are some triggers he can use to make you mad to make you depressed, make you sad. All of these idols must come down. Hope you're saying amen, online community. Are y'all with me? We've got to get the taste out of our mouths of the world system. 1 John, the second chapter, verse 15, 16, 17, 18, reads like this out of the New Living Translation. Do not what? Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Do we need to read anything else? Are you hearing Look at verse 16. For the world offers you, rather, for the world offers only a what? Craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Verse 17, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Look at verse 18. We'll stop there. Dear children, the last hour is here. Guess what? We're in the last hour. He's talking to, to, about this day. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. For this we know that the last hour has come. Why is he, deal, why, why is he saying about last hour? Why is he saying about all that? Why is he talking about loving the world, talking about idolatry in the last hour? Because if you're in the last hour, this is the end of the Super Bowl, the enemy is going to, and he sees the score up on the clock, he's going to try to push everything he got at you to get you to stop, to get you to shut up, to get you to fall. 
everything he got, every tool he has in you, everything, anything he has in you, he's going to try to put it, he's going to try to pull, 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 that you may serve the Antichrist, that you may serve the things of this world. This is why it's going to be so appealing for people to take the mark of the beast. Because they're already entrenched with the world system. They're in love with the world system. I can't lose this. I can't lose that. Sure, I'll take the mark. Sure, I will pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. Sure, yeah, Jesus, you know, we were together and all, but, you know, I cannot lose this. I can't stop this. I can't stop seeing him. I can't stop seeing her. I can't stop with this, this site, this, this social media. All this stuff is so much in me. I cannot stop this. You understand, Lord? I can't stop this. The pleasure of this and, and, and buying this and doing that, it's so much in me that I cannot stop it. And when the devil says, I will... You will not have access to all these things of this world anymore unless you serve me, unless you take this mark and serve me. Many people will choose the world and not Christ. Why is that? Because they haven't torn these idols down. The time will come, the Bible says, when judgment must begin in the house of God. It must begin at us. Just like the enemy came at Christ, our master, our Lord, our king, the same way he's going to come at us, and we have to get these idols torn down. Anything in us, anything in us that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ must be torn down. The spirit of idolatry must be torn down. So you're going to have to pray, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the idols in my life. If you say you have none, you lie. And do not truth. We have not arrived just yet. But these idols must be torn down. And as you confront them, as you confront them, as the Lord dealt me about this message, and I'm closing here. As the Lord dealt me about this message, and in my own private time, in my prayer closet, as I was praying and just seeking the Lord, Lord, reveal it to me, reveal these idols to me, reveal these idols to me. It caused me to repent to myself. I mean, repent of things, not repent to me. I'm not God. You understand what I'm saying? It caused me to repent before God, and I also had to ask my wife for forgiveness. Idols. And one morning as I was praying in my closet, uh, I could see, I could see a snake, what looked like a snake coming down, like it had been wrapped around something. And it was coming, and it, it went down fast. And these things are, as you look in the book of Genesis, snakes represents really lies, deception, tricks, things that have ruled in our lives that we haven't really understood. We thought something was true, but it really was not. The reasons why you get angry, mad, or upset, or depressed, men, these things have been wrapped around an idol in our lives. And when we come against that thing and, and um, do warfare against it, declaring it before the Lord, the power of that will be broken. Idols must be dealt with. The day will come when the prince of this world will come. And when he knocks on your door, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that there will be nothing of his in you.
No love for the enemy in you. Nothing in you that he can use to pull you out of the things of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us. And Lord, we do pray that you would search our hearts. Great Holy Spirit, search our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts. If you find any wicked way in us, Lord, we pray that you lead us in the right way. Lead us in the way everlasting. Lord, that you would reveal the idols that are there. Reveal anything in us that would promote itself against Jesus or over him. Lord, no one and nothing is to be, is to be set above you and definitely not beside you. You are the king of, and we exalt you in all things in our lives. Lord, we pray that you would show us these idols, that we may put them in proper perspective. There's nothing wrong with working, having a job, and, and having taking pleasure in the things that you do. But that should never take the place of Christ. Never. It does not belong beside you, Lord. It does not belong above you. Help us, Lord, to get rid of these idols and to serve you fully. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Thank you for the confirmation. And thank you for grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.